welcome to our second episode of Clinch Perfect. We're going to be starting off by talking about some 2021 predictions, and uh, Tom and Ben will be talking about all of their hot takes for the year. So, fights are coming back, and this weekend we have Holloway, Holloway versus Cater. Um, how excited are you guys to actually be back in the mix of things? I can't wait. Christmas has been hell. Everyone talking about, oh, it's so nice to be with family, do all the family stuff, have the nice Christmas dinner. I just want to watch fights. Where are the fights? Bring back the claret, eh? Like, yeah. bring in the new new year with some good old fisticuffs. No, I'm, I'm so gassed. I've been gagging, quite literally, for any kind of um, brutality. Like, I even big, put, big put graphic, on Rising mate. the other day. Big graphic. But, um, um, yeah. <laughs> before, we get, before we get started, um, make sure to follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram and TikTok once we start posting there, um, at the runner-up HQ. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. I just can't wait. Um, and it's been absolute death having nothing to do on a Saturday night except sit around and talk to my family. Yeah, I can't wait for my sleeping pattern to just be non-existent. <laughs> I That's mean, my normal sleep, sleeping pattern anyway, so it's all good. The, the good thing right now is we have NFL football that we can watch on Saturdays, but... Can, can we just only... backtrack? Can we just backtrack? No way are we putting football in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Um but so how this is going to go is we're going to talk through each division. We're going to go through and kind of pick out who your champions are going to be um, at the end of the calendar year and who you think is going to be the runner up of each weight class. Um, picking someone who's sort of under the radar, hoping is going to have a good year, but might not be ready to go up for that title um, and find, find someone that might be the, might become a household name in the next couple of years. Um, so first off, we're going to start with some women's straw weight. Uh, who is your champion at the end of 2021 and sort of why? You look, you look itching to go, Tom. Go, go on. I feel like we've picked the same one, but I'm going for it anyway. Tatiana Suarez, if she's fit, if, if she's recovered from her neck surgery. I just kind of, I kind of want them to do like a, a straw weight tournament where they just throw like four contenders in and just get them like a round robin, getting them fighting each other. Um, but I think like, I, I mean, she's been compared to Habib with her wrestling style and all that kind of stuff, but she can also pack a punch as well. So yeah, for me, it's got, it's got to be Tatiana Suarez. Well, we spoke a little bit um, before about Tatiana and I said I was going to pick her, but since I knew you were going to, I changed it and I'm just going to be boring and go with Shang Weili. Um, <laughs> I was watching some of, uh, some of her old fights the other day, you know, namely the, the one with Joanna, obviously, um, but I also watched the, the quick knockout on Andrade and man, she, I mean, she looks like she was designed in a lab to kill people. I mean, her thighs like tree trunks. How she's a straw weight, I do not know. Um, I don't really see any flaws in her game. Um, even for someone of you know Tatiana's level of, of grappling, so um, I'm going to be boring and stick with Zhang Wei Li because. Well, to be fair, I've heard that she, I've heard she that she trains with. She looks unbeatable. I've heard that she trains with uh, Li Jing Liang um, at the UFCPI, and obviously he's a welterweight, which is like weight weight categories aside, that is a massive yeah. weight difference. But apparently yeah, he probably she, like, walks fully... around at what like two hundred five. Yeah, but apparently she like <laughs> fully holds her own. Um, yeah, she's, which a is tank. Mental. she's a tank. <laughs> And I was looking at a record. Um, she got one one loss on a record, but it was her first fight. So she's now twenty and one. She's on twenty fight win streak. Like it's just insane. And I don't see any reason to say other than her, like anyone other than her is going to be the champion. So I'm going with her. 
So since you both have your differences of, of opinion, who's going to be our runner-up in the, the strawweight division? I was looking through the strawweight division. There wasn't any like super young prospects that jumped out to me as like, oh, they're going to shoot to stardom this year. So I went kind of left field and um, she has had a loss recently. She lost, she got submitted by um, Jandy Doba, but I'm going with Mallory Martin because she looked really good in her last fight. And also she's only 26. So I do think she has a lot of room to grow and, um, you know, she can strike and grapple. So she's very well-rounded. And uh, yeah, I was really impressed with her last fight. So fight, so fight, so so it was pretty looking through. And uh, I just, uh, I'm going to pluck for her and hope she has a good year. See, I'm going the other way. I'm going, I'm going youth. I'm going Corey McKenna. I think, um, oh. well, she might not be necessarily a household name by the end of the year. I think if she gets a couple more fights after she's recovered from her injury, I wouldn't be surprised if they start pushing her just because she's young and she's from the UK um, in a similar kind of fashion that they're doing with Molly McCann. I think she's just, she's got the, not necessarily the it factor, but she's so um, close with people like Uriah Faber and everyone at Team Alpha Male. And I think if they can sort of tap into her wrestling background, because she's already a, a very well-established grappler. Um, yeah, I think she can do bits. And, and she's also... I think her mum was a, a, cage, a cage fighter beforehand and all this kind of stuff. So in terms of family lineage, it's all there. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that she waves the flag for Wales and, and takes a bit of a leap forward. She's got something very sort of like um, real about her. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's, she doesn't there's nothing, look like, what doesn't you look see like is what a you fighter, get. does like, she? Yeah, it's, just, it's all on the surface and like just seems like, yeah, completely honest. Like, um, I guess just... Yeah, no, no ego, I guess, is, is the sort of impression I got from her when uh, when she was on Dana White Contender Series and then in a debut fight. Um, I wasn't sure she won that fight, but um, I, re I respect the pick. I respect the pick. She looked good, and um, the two fights I've seen of her grappling looked amazing. So, um, yeah, definitely a good pick. So I think uh, with that, we can move on to flyweight. Um, again, who's going to be your champion at the end of 2021? I had, to, I had to go for an upset on this one. I picked the champ on the last one, so I couldn't pick the champ again, even though, you know, obviously a big fan of Valentina, who isn't. Um, but I'm going for Jessica Andrade because she looked terrifying in her last fight, stepping up to flyweight. I think moving up to flyweight, she has an insane amount of power. Um, you know, Chukagian's a good fighter, and she destroyed her with body shots. Like, absolutely, like she had keeling over, like, you know, begging for her mama. Um she, she just looked so good in that last fight and she looked pretty good in the Rose fight as well. I know she lost that fight, but um, that was a close fight and Rose is an amazing striker. So the fact that she held her own and for the most part looked pretty good and, and maybe won a round as well. Um, I, I have to go with Andrade because I think the step up to flyweight is going to do her the world of good and uh, she's got the power that can trouble Valentina that no one else has really shown against Valentina so far. See, I'm, I'm going to have to be boring. I think it's just because I, I find the whole run boring, but I'm going with Valentina Shevchenko. I think she's a champ for a reason. I mean, I thought she was. I thought the last fight was actually like dull. I kind of ended up watching YouTube. Um, not that I have anything against her, but I think she's just so dominant now. It's getting a bit like Demetrius Johnson. Um, yeah, they need some some young blood to come through, and I might have just the person in my runner-up. Go on, then. Who, who is it? Go on into it. Well, I, she's fighting on Fight Island. Um, and actually, I can't, I can't claim credit because I was talking to Dan Hardy, casual name drop, um, about this fighter. And he was like, you've got to watch him taping her. Um, I mean, what, saying this now, she'll probably lose, but Jocelyn Edwards, 
Um, she's got some really savage elbows. Her, I think she's got a nine and two record, um, which is pretty decent for uh, a prospect. Um, and I th- yeah, I think there's just something about her. Like she's actually a killer. Like her elbows are like Angela Hill esque kind of sharp. Tony Ferguson. Um, so I can't, I can't, I'm kind of hoping if she can piece together a run um, because the division is so shallow, she might get a title shot like within the next couple of years, next three years, something like that. Um, I was going to say Joanne Calderwood, but coming off a loss, I just, I, I can't. And I love Jojo. I think she's great, but there's just every time she gets to the final hurdle, she falls short. And I, I can't see the same. I can't, I can't bring myself. Um, to get on the JoJo train again. again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Too painful. Um, I Like you, I, I was looking for some Brits, and there are quite a few Brits in this division. I was hoping to pick one. Um, but then when I was looking looking through, one caught my eye that fought recently, actually, and that's uh, Talia Santos, who um, I didn't actually realise how good her record is. She's 17-1. and one. Um, A lot of those fights were in lesser organisations. You know, that's a fair point. But her last two wins, I think it's been kind of overlooked her against Molly McCann and Jillian Robertson. And not just two impressive opponents, two impressive opponents that she beat different ways. Um, you know, she beat McCann with striking and she beat Robertson with grappling. And, and anyone who can beat Robertson with grappling is obviously a serious threat. Um, and then when you couple in the fact that she's shown good striking, um, you know, she's only lost once in 18 fights and she's only 27 years old as well. So, you know, she's not old by any means, um, you know, for, a, for an up and coming UFC fighter. So, yeah, I didn't dive quite as deep as you did looking for the... Uh, the raw prospects, but um, yeah, I'm going with Santos because I think she's looked really good in the last couple of fights. Perfect. Um, now we're moving on to bantamweight uh, champion at the end of 2021. What do you think? Uh, do we see Nunes losing, Tom? No, no, I can't. I can't. No. I can't. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I was trying to find like some way I could say it, and I just I can't. Uh, I, I, went, I literally so went through the rankings one by one and was like, no. No, no, and I was looking. I was, I was begging, please. Well, I was, I was going to go. Oh, Holly Holmes going to do it. She's going to come back, and and... that was what I looked at. Yeah, I looked at Holly, and I was like, "Mm, how am I going to, how am I going to argue that after last (laughs) time? How am I going to argue that? Um, Oh, she's the goat for a reason, isn't she? Yeah, she's so dominant, and the only thing that I could see troubling her at bantamweight, as I guess she's had some trouble with the weight cut before, Um, and she does seem to be relaxing a lot if you follow her on Twitter or Instagram. Um, you know, her and her partner just had a kid, and there's a lot. There's a lot of chilling, and doesn't seem to be much training going on there. Well, so see, that, that, um, maybe the weight ar- cut could be an issue, but other than that, she's just too dominant. This is my argument because I'm kind of bringing. I'm gonna. Sorry, Rick. I'm gonna uh, jump in here, but I have a feeling, and this is this is basically going to cover both divisions, bantamweight and, and featherweight. I think Amanda Nunes will retire by the end of 2021. I think she'll wipe the floor with Megan Anderson. And with that, you can kiss goodbye to the featherweight division because they should have scrapped it ages ago. Um, I, I think, I think that's the only way that the bantamweight can get a new champion is if Nunes retires in a similar fashion to Habib, because um, it'll create a round robin and, and all that kind of stuff. And maybe Holly Holm will come back and and show how sick she is because I, I bloody love that. But like, yeah, do you, do you know what I mean? Like, I just think I think she's been there, won it, done it. She's done everything. She's literally beaten like. Uh, maybe an, uh, who, someone who has an argument to be the greatest of all time in, in Chris Cyborg. 
Um, and she didn't just beat her, Ronda, she killed her in she a minute. murdered Ronda Rousey, like, sent her off to some retirement home in the middle of nowhere. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, the Jimmy what, more does, what more does Amanda Nunes have to achieve in MMA, genuinely? I don't want to see her box Clarissa Shields because she'll get her ears boxed off. I don't want to see her box Katie Taylor for exactly the same reason. I know there's weight class discrepancy and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I just... I don't want her to retire because obviously she's so dominant. She's a great character. Um, and she trains at an amazing gym and she's surrounded by really good people. But at the same time, in a bizarre sense of the word, she's kind of holding up the division in the sense that she's been so dominant in both weight classes. Like, where else do they go, really? Yeah, I, I can I can see where you're coming from. And I agree that I don't want her to retire. So I'm, I'm going to stick with that side of it and say no. <laughs> Just out of, out of a personal bias for being a fan. Um, you know, how can you not love Amanda Nunes? And, you know, I think it'd be a shame. If she, I, I agree. We could, we could scrap the featherweight right now. I had, before we went into that and we were going to do our champion picks and runner-up, my runner-up was, fuck off, I've not got one. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I totally agree. Scrap the featherweight division. What's the point? Um, I like Megan Anderson as well, but um, unless she wraps those crazy long legs around some crazy triangle choke then um yeah i don't really see any hope of her um you know lasting more than a couple rounds with nunez so, my runner-up uh, for um banterweight by the way is a uh, a little well not really she's not little but she's sort of unknown in uh bia Malecki, who um who had a great actual a really good scrap with veronica Mikado last time out um i think it was i think it was the the uh uh curtain razor or whatever um was really good scrap, really good striking. Um, if you look at her, she's absolutely massive for the weight class in terms of her height. Um, so I think if she pieces together a run, that could be something. There could be something there. Um, she's also from Europe, so I've got to back the Europeans. Sorry, Rick. Um, I, I backed another European taken. as well. I picked yeah. up Hani Kianzad. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought she looked really good in the last fight, and um, against Sarge Eubanks as well, who's an absolute beast. And for someone like Kianzad who wants to strike, I thought she did a really good job um, in that fight. So she was who I was going to pick, but. At the end of the day, it's Nunez's division. So what's the point in even picking a runner-up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I just I, I really do hope that this is the last we, we hear of Featherweight after after I mean there's the sad thing is as well, like I really like James Krause, who is Megan Anson's trainer. And if anyone can beat Nunez in terms of the tactics and everything like that, it's James Krause, because James Krause is a legend of the scene. But I just can't I can't I can't see it. Like, I can't I can't bring myself to watch another like dominant performance and like otherwise it just gets so stale and i think that's something with the featherweight division it's just so like who who else is there other than megan anderson like you, you, if you look at that top 10 list uh, is there even a top 10 list i thought it was like six yeah but that's, <laughs> that's what i mean like if, if you actually look at like the, the the i think they signed someone recently i think i can't remember her name um, but they signed a featherweight recently wolf was it the yeah maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah the the she the box, former she boxer, boxer turn. Yeah. yeah 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 but again that's what i mean like What's the point of keeping the division around when? What like, is she going to do to Amanda Nunes? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's bizarre. Um, I mean, there's only one fight that I want to see Amanda Nunes fight. I know we're going off on a tangent here, but there's only one fight I want to see, and I can't, I can't see it happening for like another two years if it does happen. Um, I know it's not a cyborg rematch. Get out of my comment section. Don't want to see it. Don't care. Um, it's Kayla Harrison for me. That and maybe at a catch weight because I feel like the weight cuts and all that kind of stuff might be a bit um, rubbish. But yeah, that's sketchy. Uh, rubbish yeah. weight cuts around the Kayla Harrison fight. What? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I just think um, there's nothing. There's nothing left for Nunes to achieve. 
once she beats Anderson. So, I mean, there's nothing left for her to achieve now, but let's, yeah, let's yeah, move yeah, on. Exactly. Let's move on. <laughs> so before we, before we move into anything related to the men's divisions, um, I want each of you to at least come out with some outrageous or hot take, um, not related to Amanda Nunez retiring or anything we've already spoken about. What's, what's our, our next take into 2021? Um, I don't really have a hot take that's like outrageous. My only real hot take is that Zhang Weili will not only remain the champion, she will absolutely dominantly murder anyone who steps in there with her. And that includes, as much as it pains me to say, Thug Rose, because I love Thug Rose. But um, greatest commentary moment in history, by the way. Um, yeah, I just, like I said, Leon, I was talking about her earlier. I mean, she's just a tank. I mean, like I said, she's training with, you know, men's welterweights, good men's welterweights as well. Um, and you know, I just don't see a weakness in her game. And to be honest, I feel like she's going to go back to her gym and all the things that Joanna kind of had a few advantages over her in their last fight, those are going to be gone the next fight. And, and no one's going to have any chance. That was like, that was the one chance to beat her. Um, and, you know, we didn't do it that time. So it's over. <laughs> she's won. <laughs> game over. I'm going to go differently. I'm going to go Zhang Weili will lose in 2021. That's All just right. that's that's not a hot take. That's just outrageous. That's just <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the question is hottest or most outrageous. So we're, yeah, we're that, fits, that fits. I'm going, I'm, fits. I've, I've got to. I just think like I think the strawweight division is actually so stacked. Like for me, the women's strawweight division is one of the most exciting divisions in the UFC, right? Like, and if you look at from top down to ten, it's just stacked with killers. And I, I think there are a lot of fighters out there who. We'll be looking at Zhang Weili and thinking, right, maybe there are some weaknesses in that game that I can exploit. And yeah, I just think it's wide open. I think I think we could have a, a bit of a hot potato in terms of the title, actually, um, which makes it more exciting for us fans anyway. I think Zhang Weili is going to smash your hot potato <laughs> into the ground <laughs> along, with, uh, along with Doug Rose and along with anyone else she fights. And like I said, I, I love Doug Rose and she's a great fighter and all her fights are normally entertaining. But um, yeah, I just... I don't see anyone having a chance against Zhang. I think that was the best chance to beat her was what we saw from Joanna, and she just fell short. And now there's no hope. <laughs> right. See, I just I, I think I fully fit Tatiana Suarez is just like two. I'm not talking fully fit as in the one that fought Nina Ransoroff. I'm talking about fully fit as in stamina and and everything like that. And I, I just think like having a strong wrestling base is one thing, but being a legitimate wrestling beast is another. And um, that's true. Wait, you kind of haven't really seen many like standout wrestlers, really. Like if you look at Joanna and you look at Rose, they're predominantly strikers and, and all that kind of thing. So I'm kind of, I kind of think that Tatiana could do a bit of a Habib and just murk all these strikers. Um, and I really want to see her fight Zhang Weili, but only when she's fit, because otherwise it's just pointless. I can see it if she's healthy, but I mean, if if she's healthy, is yeah, thing. that's the bit. That's sadly, that's the big I, if for Tatiana. Isn't it's it? like a bit of a paradox, like you know. Is that ever going to actually happen? So um, it is sad, but um, I'm I'm sticking with my pitch. Zhang Weili domination. It's the year of Chinese domination. Just ask the Americans. How the hell am I supposed to respond to that? Um, <laughs> I, I think I think that's the perfect segue uh, into our men's flyweight. Um, who who's going to be your champion at the end of 2021? Um, and you can go. You can go first, good sir. I wanted, I wanted to say Brandon Moreno because he looked so good in that fight. But then after I, wa- I had to watch it back because it was on very late and I was very intoxicated. And when I watched it back, 
I'm not sure he did as well as I actually thought he did the first time, if that makes sense. Um, and Figueredo just, again, kind of like what I said with Zhang Weili, kind of seems like the type where he's going to go back now and iron out those weaknesses and, you know, all the things that Moreno was able to, you know, have advantages in in this fight are going to be gone the next time around. Um, Figueredo is just such a killer at that weight. Um, God knows how he actually gets that weight because he's pretty he's pretty big dude for um, to be that small. Um, so again, I'm gonna have to be boring. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with Figueredo. Um, I said a few months ago, I don't see anyone beating him for a long time. So I'm not gonna change my mind now. And um, I'm gonna stick with Figueredo domination. Yeah, like Ben, I, I can't see anything else. Um, Fig is just absolutely savage. Like, but... no, no weakness either. Like, where, no, exactly. Where, take I'm... the fight to beat him. I know we, I know we lost to Formiga, but like, if you, if you look at the game plan and everything like that, game plan was just wrong on the right. Um, but you don't do that to Joe Benavides twice. Twice. And, <laughs> like, and he fought Brandon Marino, having been in hospital the night before. I know that people mm. will come at me being like, oh, it's an excuse, all that kind of stuff. Like, you don't get to that no, level I mean, in the UFC. I, I don't get that at all. It, it would be an excuse if he hadn't fought or if he had lost and then yeah. said it. But you don't keep your title and then say, oh, it was an excuse. Like, that makes no sense. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree. Um, wh- why would you pick against him? Every fight, bar the Moreno one. And um, like you say, the Formiga one, he was still kind of up and coming and, and growing and developing. Since he's hit his, his, his prime, his peak, Moreno's got close and that's it. No one else has stood a chance. So, um, yeah, dominance. More dominance from Figueredo. Perfect. Um, since you both are going to keep the current champion. Who's going to be our runner-up in the division? Go on, Tom. Hit me with I've something. I've gone a bit uh, left field something here. Something crazy. Yeah. Um, he's actually fighting on Fight Island again. Um, and he, he comes from London Shoot Fighters. So there's no way I can't back the boy, Amir Abazi. I think, like, the man is a savage. Um, comes from a great gym. Very straight, but stable background. I just... I just there's just something about him where I'm like, you're you're a handful for anyone, really. Like, and I, I think with how wide open um, the division is, I, I think he could cause several problems. I was gonna go Askarov, but I feel like that's just such a like cop out. Um, and I, I couldn't quite bring myself to back Kaikara France, but yeah, that, that's my pick. I went on a little bit even further left field. Um... I actually looked at Albazi because the was it um, Malcolm Gordon he subbed. Yeah, I won a yeah. lot of money on that fight, and, and for that reason, I nearly I nearly picked Albazi just because I was like, oh yeah, love a guy who wins me money. Um, but I'm gonna go from uh, Manel. Is it Cape? Uh, I think. Oh Cape. yeah, that's a good um, shout. He's that's fighting Pantoja soon, and uh, just mainly out of excitement for that fight. I don't see any way that fight's not insane. I mean, every Pantoja fight's insane, obviously, but. Um, that, that fight, I mean, it just the second they made it, it jumped off the page for me. And uh, if he wins, whether he wins in dominant fashion or wins, a, you know, a, a war that goes to a close decision, any win there for me over Pantoja puts him right in the picture of, um, you know, the kind of up and coming prospects you're looking at to uh, to make a title run in the near future. So, um, yeah, I cannot wait for that fight. Even if he loses, it's still going to be a great fight um, because Pantoja fights always are. And uh, yeah, he's just a beast, and uh, we'll see how he we'll see how he fares in that, and then uh, maybe judge a bit further from there. Perfect. Um, moving on to bantamweight, who is our champion at the end of the year? Can I go first? Because I've got a, I've got a shocker for this one. Um, no more okay. boring champion reigning champion picks from Ben. Um, I'm going Rob Font, the man with the jab made of concrete. 
Um, I've never seen a jab kill someone like like his jab killed Marlon Moraes. I mean, he, I mean, I know Marlon's got issues with uh, with his durability in his chin at the moment. He's been knocked out what like six, seven times now. But um, I saw people talking on on Twitter actually before the fight about oh Rob Font's got a really good jab. Watch out for that jab. And I was like, yeah, it's looked pretty good when I've seen it before, but I don't think it's anything like mind blowing. And then I was like, oh my God. Uh, I mean, he nearly killed him with a jab. I know it wasn't the jab that actually finished the fight, but um, you know, from, from the moment he landed one solid jab after they had that initial grappling exchange, the fight was basically over. Like Marlon was shook and wasn't recovering. And uh, you know, he showed good enough grappling to, to keep Marlon off him when Marlon went for the early takedown. So I think, you know, if he can, you, you know, use that defensive grappling to keep people standing up at distance with him and just jab them to death. Um, I'm going Rob Font to make a run, get a couple of KOs um, along the way. And uh, yeah, I don't see anyone, anyone stopping that concrete jab. See, I was, I was going to go for my boy Mirab, but I don't think he'll get a title shot this year. Um, but I'm going to go with his teammate. Again, I'm being boring. I'm going big old Aljo. I'm going Aljamain Sterling. I think he's learned from his defeat to Marais. I'm kind of I have, sick. I have Aljo beating Yan. Can I just interrupt? Yeah, you yeah, yeah. Start? I have Aljo beating Yan, and I have Rob Font coming out of nowhere and uh, and knocking out Aljo. And I do love Aljo, but I'll, I'll let you go. I'll let you go. <laughs> I just think uh, well, it's just going back to the Yan thing. I think I think. Don't get me wrong. Yang's a great fighter, and he's he's trained at Tiger Muay Thai. He's currently training at ATT. Like been at some really good gyms. But if you look at his record, and you look at the people he's actually fought to get to the title shot, and get the belt. It's quite, I'm not going to say padded because you don't get given a gimme fight in the UFC. Like, they're all killers. But they're not on the same level as Aljo. Like, look at what Aljo did to Corey Sandhagen, who is also a beast. Yeah, I mean, an amazing fighter. Yeah. Like, I just think, I think, I think actually, Bantamweight is one of the best um, divisions as well. But, like, for, for sure, me, that, I just think Aljo like is... five or six I could have picked out when I was looking for yeah, a I, I, was like, I, was, I was I was literally looking at the top five and I was like, yeah. you've got a, you've got a shout, you've got a shout, you've got a shout. Like it, it, it I wouldn't be surprised if again this is another hot potato. Um I can't see mm-hmm. I can't I think Yan is great, but I just can't I can't just off his off his resume and his, his C V <laughs> of fighters of a fight, sorry, I, I can't see him keeping the belt for too long. Um and I think Aljo will just have too much for him in terms of the ground game. Because, um, well, grappling wise, I think there's, there's levels to MMA, and I think Aljo is slightly better at grappling and that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's he's the I, elite of the elite when it comes to grappling. Yeah, I, 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 there's just something about. I feel like you know when fighters hit their peak, and you're like, all right, okay, like it's just everything's going for them. They're just yeah. yeah, it's just all positive. All the yeah, vibes are good. I feel like yeah. that's the thing with like it's just proposed to his girlfriend. Like you kind of you feel like everything's Every, going good everything is coming up Aljo yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but um, are we talking about runners up now or what are we doing absolutely like, okay. we can do my runner up but I can't pronounce his name <laughs> <laughs> mine's um, he, he just fought um, Justin Taha and got a an amazing I mean it was an amazing fight and um, I'd say it was it was a fairly dominant one win even though Taha was you know put up a good performance himself and it's um Barcelos I'm not even going to try and say his first name no not going for it I thought about it um another guy where I just don't really see a weakness in his game um you know that that win I just spoke about was pretty much all striking and his striking looked fast it looked mean it looked ferocious um you know if Taha wasn't such a beast there was a couple times I thought he was gonna get knocked out um, but then, you know, this guy has the grappling and the Brazilian jiu-jitsu to, 
to take you, you know, onto the mat and beat you there as well. So um, another guy that I've picked out mainly just, I like well-rounded fighters. I don't like picking fighters who are a specialist in one thing and, and have a weakness that you can expose. Um, so I'm going with Barcelos to, uh, to make a run, you know, maybe not for the title, but I think, you know, this time next year, he gets another, you know, two, maybe three impressive wins under his belt. He's right up there in the top six, seven. And, um, you know, you'll be, you'll be talking about him for a, for a title shot this time next year. I think, I think Ben could probably guess who I'm picking. Um, but I've got to go with my boy, Jack Shaw. Like, funnily enough, the first MMA fight that I ever saw was Jack Shaw versus Scott Malone um, at the Cage Warriors card. And ever since then, hearing Jack Shaw's on fire, I've just got the Welsh blood running through my veins. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm on the gravy train. I'm on the um, Richard Shaw hype train. I think he's a great coach. I think they've got a really good setup. Um, trains with some beasts like Brett Johns and, and Jack Marshman and people like that. So I think I think what I like about Jack Shaw is that he's very understated. You don't see Jack Shaw shit-talking. You don't see him calling out names, calling out heads because he knows how good he is. And I think, like... He's managed by uh, Graham Boylan, who also owns who, came, who owns Cage Warriors, and I, I think there's just something there's just something about Jack when he pieces it all together that on his day is just fantastic. Like he's got great boxing, he's got great jitsu, he's got great wrestling. Um, so for me, it's got to be Jack Shaw. I've just realised I've picked three Welsh people. I think very predictable. Very I think I've picked three Welsh people: Corey McKenna, Jack. I can't do the maths. I'm too tired. <laughs> <laughs> So I think uh, we can start talking about men's featherweight. Uh, who is going to be our champion at the end of 2021? I know you go first because otherwise I'll, I'll, I'll gush for like an hour. <laughs> you want me to go first? Okay. Um, I'm going with Zabit. It's Zabit's time. It's finally Zabit's time. Um, everyone loves to talk about, oh, he doesn't have a gas tank. He was gassing out in the, at the end of the Cater fight. But do you really think he's not going to work on that? Do you really think that that's not like the priority every day for them in training right now is being ready for a five round fight? Um, you know, he says he can go five rounds. I believe he can go five rounds. I believe him. And, um, you know, he's, an, he's another guy that there's not really any way you can, you can expose a weakness on him other than maybe the cardio. If, you know, if that, if I prove to be, if I'm proved wrong here, um, you know, I think he can knock anyone out with some wild spinning shit. They don't even see coming except for Kyle Bokniak, of course. Um, because that man is a beast. Well, that was and, a good uh, pronunciation. Yeah, really good. Um, oh, I forgot to do the the full pronunciation of Magomed Sharipov. Very <laughs> proud of that one. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, I'm picking to beat to be the champ because uh, I like cool spinning shit, and uh, I just I, I love an exciting striker who can also grapple, and that's him. Right, boys, are you going to allow me a head and a heart scenario? Because I can't, I can't, I've tried to be, I've done coin flips, all that kind of stuff. I can't, I can't split between the two. My head says Alex Volkanovsky will be the champion by the end of 2021. My heart says Brian Ortega because there's just something about Ortega that I don't know. I'm just, I'm on that gravy train as well. I, I just, I think, I think Volkanovsky, I think people obviously will look at the Max fight and there's many arguments that he won the fight. There's many arguments that, Max won the fight, blah, 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 or Max won more rounds out of the 10 and all that kind of stuff. We can have that argument all day long. At the end of the day, he's beaten Max twice. But I think what people overlook is his coaching. And I think people, I think there's a lot, I think in MMA, fans get quite caught up in the whole, 
oh, it, it's mainly about the fighter and what the fight does in the cage. I think a lot of it is actually done in the, tra- in the, in the training rooms and in the dojos and all that kind of stuff. And I think Eugenie Behrman is a genius, like literally a genius. The man will just break down the opponents, pick out their weaknesses and think, right, this is the game plan, A to Z to beat this fighter. And I think for that reason, like Volkanovski really sticks to a game plan, like leg kicks people to death. Um, all right, some people may not like him for various reasons, but I personally don't have anything wrong with. Him. I, th- I think he's great. I think he's, he's a real character. Um, and you need someone a bit don't of... like him because they love Max so much. Yeah, exactly. I think that's, I that's think... really it. And I, think, like, and I think that I'm, narrative. I'm is guilty so of that a little bit too, where I'm like, I kind of want Volkanovski to lose his belt because I'm a Max <laughs> fan, but at the same time, I'm like. Volkanovski is such a nice dude and a good fighter. Yeah. Like, what do I have against him other than that I want Max to have the belt? I, I just think, like, when you look at the people the team he trains with, like, Izzy, Dan, Dan Hooker, Brad Riddell is literally a striking coach, like, Ulberg, like, the man is literally training with killers every single day when he's in fight camp. And he also trains at freestyle and all that kind of stuff and Tiger Muay Thai. And, like, I just think, I can't, my head cannot see anyone beating Volkanovski. I know uh, there's been talks of like Ortega's ground game and all that kind of stuff and his jitsu. Um, but like, I, I just, I just can't see Ginny Behrman not having a good game plan. Like it just doesn't really like work with me. Um, but heart, like if I put my heart on my sleeve, I've got to go Ortega just cause I think the man's hilarious. Like he's just, he's one of those fighters that I really resonate with just cause I think he's so charismatic. Like I go back to like the, the build up to the max fight. I thought he was a great talker. Um, and I think the UFC. I think if I'm a, if I'm Dana White and I want a champion in the featherweight division by the end of 21, I want Brian Ortega to be my champion by the end of 2021. 20, purely because really, really pump out that Modelo sponsorship. Yeah, huh? exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> People like you, you think Wheaties was great. Like, wait till you see what happens when you've got a, a Hollywood star like as your featherweight champ. And like, I just think, I just, I, I just think with Ortega striking. Has he leveled up enough? And that's the big question. Like, I know he beat Chan Sung Jung, but like, can he do that to a a cater? Say, can he do that to a Volk when Volk's like kicking him to death and and stuff like that? Like, I, there's a lot of unanswered questions still about Ortega. I, I think the fight to make for me is Volk versus Ortega, and whoever wins that fight, I'm going I'm going fifty fifty here, lads. I'm sitting on the fence. Whoever wins that fight will be the champion by the end twenty twenty one. All right, I think since be, uh, before we move on to a little take, bit sorry for the for oh, the end. Man. I just want to throw out there. I just got to throw out there. Um, I think the fight that's going to happen in 2021 is going to be Max is going to beat Calvin Cater, and then Zabit is not going to have a fight because I don't. But I don't buy the whole thing with the Ayo Rodriguez and oh, I just wasn't around for the USADA test. Um, that seems a little sketchy. I think they're going to make Max versus Zabit. And not only is it going to be the funnest fucking fight of all time, um, A, I'm not going to know who to root for because I love them both and it's going to be really painful either way, but also really, really gratifying either way. Um, but B, I think that's that's the fight that's going to catapult Zabit to like superstar status. I think Max is going to get the win against Cater and then he's going to come unstuck against Zabit. And that's how Zabit's going to jump into the title shot is by beating Max. That's my hot take for this division. Are we both in agreement that if Max beats Cater, he's not going to get a title shot next? No, because it's pointless. I mean, it's not that he doesn't necessarily deserve one, but what's the point? Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think for the division sake as well, it needs to like 
put that chapter to bed for the time being. I'm not saying don't revisit yeah. in the future, but for the time being. And my runner-up, oh, I, ca- I cannot... I think that's the trouble as well. I think I picked like mostly Brits from my runners up, but I'm, I'm going with it. <laughs> I'm sticking one. with it. I can't Another break one. the trend here. I'm going the with the bullet chewer. The li- man literally got shot in the face and he's a UFC fighter and he's undefeated. Lerone Murphy, who's also fighting on Fight Island. I just think like, I mean, he might lose. Might Looked not. real I, good in his last fight. Yeah, I think, I think he trains at a really good gym. And I've been saying that for ages, but like, there is something about like training with teammates who are UFC standard and all that kind of stuff. And I just think, like, as I said, the man's literally got shot in the face. Like, if you if you've been shot in the face and you're like, what else can hit you harder enough to like sit you down? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, there's just can, can I no can way I ask I can... that question? What else can hit you hard enough? <laughs> a body shot from my runner-up, <laughs> Ilya <laughs> Topuria. Um, <laughs> Everyone knew from his time in Cage Warriors, this guy was the most dominant young grappler coming up. Um, man, I mean, you know, I, I know you'd argue Jack Shaw, but man, this guy's a beast of a grappler. Like, the only the only kind of thing that disappointed me in his debut fight against Zalal was that he kind of looked he kind of looked bored. Like, this is too easy. I don't even want to submit this guy. I'm just going to play with my food for 15 minutes. Um, and then, so then, back that up by showing the striking. I know Damon Jackson's not, you know, the top of the line striker to show you striking against but the body shot he landed on him was the most vicious like he wanted to rip that guy's liver in two um that was the most vicious body shot i've seen in a long time and um you know toporia toporia i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right no that um, right dana if you're listening amazing grappling amazing that's a fight grappling. that's a fight you need to make toporia versus Lorraine murphy i want to see it yeah do it do it um but uh, to be honest Another one that I that I want just for free money, just for betting purposes, is Topuria against uh, Chase Hooper. Please make that fight so I can put every penny I've ever saved on Topuria. Please, <laughs> please. And that's not even disrespect to Chase Hooper. He's just not there yet. I mean, he's he's much younger and he's not there yet. All right. Uh, we spent a little bit more time there than I think uh, anticipated, but that's okay. Uh, we can we can move get on to... Love in. I'm sorry. Hey, it's okay. We all have our... Uh our heart-stopping moments and who we have to talk about. Um, but now we get to move on to our lightweight division. Who is our champion at the end of 2021? This is the, this is the, the big one, isn't it? This is the one where, where it could literally be anyone. Who have you got, Tom? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there. A wee little <laughs> Irishman. Conor McGregor will be the lightweight champion by the end of 2021, providing he doesn't fight Manny Pacquiao, which I don't think he will. Well, fair play for picking a, an unknown prospect. I really love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Um, I just, I think, I think he'll, I think we, I think what they're going to do is they're going to do this lightweight tournament, and it'll be, well, providing Connor gets through Dustin, which is no easy task. They might do Connor versus um, Charles Oliveira, which would be a fantastic fight stylistically. Um, but yeah, I just, I can't. I've, I've got to go with it, Amina. I've got to go with the cheeky Irishman. I just, I can't, I can't see anything else. I, uh, you mentioned him there. I'm going with Charles Oliveira. Um, how can you not pick the guy who just did that to Tony Ferguson? I know Gaethje beat Ferguson dominantly as well, but that was, you know, in a different way and equally as impressive, but in a different way. No one, with the exception of Habib, has ever gone into a fight with Tony Ferguson. And I know they never actually fought, but you know, he, if they had fought, um, and planned to grapple. No one goes into a fight with Tony Ferguson plan to grapple. And Oliveira not only grappled him for, out-grappled him for 15 minutes, he never even looked in a 
like the slightest spot of bother. He was completely in control. Like the only the only kind of thing that was left open to interpretation was was he going to get the submission finish? Obviously, he didn't. But um, complete domination for 15 minutes. And in the you know the few fights before that, where he fought um, Kevin Lee and um, oh, was it Gordon before that? Um, really good striking in those fights as well. So you know another guy. I, I keep saying it doesn't really have a weakness. I guess you could say striking striking isn't you know. Obviously, it's not on Connor's level. Um, obviously, it's not on Dustin's level. It's not on Dan Hooker's level. But it's good. It's good enough when his grappling is so elite. Um, I think he has the most submission wins in UFC history. Uh, may have made that up, but I'm pretty sure it's true. And uh, yeah, just when when a guy has that much of a strength in one department and can hold his own in, in the in the stand up as well, um, I would love to see that fight with Connor. I think that'd be a great fight and and probably like a 50-50 coin toss in in terms of who's got a chance of winning but I would have to pick Oliveira because I'm a big fan of the guy. Um, he's on what, like a nine fight win streak and a nine fight win streak that, that ends with dominating Tony Ferguson in his own world for 15 minutes. Um, I, I can't pick anyone else. See, I, I think, I mean, I, I don't quite remember this, but I've, I've seen, I've, I've heard behind the scenes that they're trying to make Gaethje versus Oliveira. And I can't see Charles Oliveira beating Justin Gaethje, which is like a mad claim. Like, I know that's, that's I'm going to get a lot of, criticism but I I think again it goes back to like coaching and all that kind of stuff and Trevor Whitman all right Gaethje got completely dominated by Habib I think but, he got overawed a little bit by that to yeah I, I don't think it, was, it wasn't necessarily like caught him a little bit off guard yeah I think it was more like oh my parents are here like this is a whole really strange environment like the spotlight's on me like this is my moment this is my time and he kind of got caught up a bit in that kind of like emotional sense of the fight but I think like against the name like Oliveira, who for fight fans is 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 a, a massive name, but like outside of the UFC, he maybe isn't the household name that everyone would have heard of. I think that's what's stopping Oliveira from getting a title shot. As bizarre as that sounds, I actually wouldn't be surprised if Oliveira had to do what Ferguson did and go on like a thirteen fight win streak and never get a title shot, like something like that. Because at the end of the day. The reason you get a title shot is not only just because of how good you are; it's the numbers. Can you sell pay per views? Can you are you a household name and that kind of stuff? And I don't think I don't think Charles is quite there yet. So for me, I want to see Gaethje versus Oliveira next. The winner of that fights the winner of Connor and Dustin for the belt. And I've just got to back the Irishman. I've got to do it. <laughs> Oliveira wins both of those fights by submission. Calling it now. Oliveira submits Gaethje and then submits Connor. See, I'm going. Or I'm Dustin, going but I think Connor. I'm going Gaethje knocks out Oliveira and I'm going Connor knocks out Justin Gaethje. Damn. Damn. We've both got, we've both got Gaethje losing. Poor Justin. <laughs> um, shall, shall we move on to our runner-up? Um, runner I, 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 yeah, I picked not a rising prospect here, not someone that, you know, if you're, if you're an MMA fan, you know, who this, you know who this guy is, you know he's a beast, but I feel like he's being overlooked a little bit in this whole uh, lightweight tournament talk and it's Benil Dariush. Um, Darius last year had two, two knockout of the year contenders. If Buckley hadn't got that insane spinning kick, we would be talking about Darius and like as like two of the top three, maybe two of the top five knockouts. Um, you know, spawned a meme with the uh, Joe Rogan, Cormier, and uh, Anik reactions to his fight with Close, um, which, by the way, like best fight of the year by a mile, um, other than Joanna and Zhang, which is in a league of its own. Um, yeah, I, I just think. 
it, it seems like no, no one's even like, like we're pretending he doesn't exist. We're all talking about this lightweight tournament and you've got this guy who's got that crazy knockout off an up and coming prospect. And then he knocks out Holtzman, who's a very tough to finish fighter with a spinning elbow, an insane spinning elbow. Um, and I think he's fighting Diego Ferreira next. If he wins that, I mean, like you, you have to put him like up there for not a title shot, but like one win away. Um, you know, if he's got three finishes in a row and, and one of them's on Ferreira, who's in his own right a beast. Um, yeah, I feel like Dar- Darius is kind of being overlooked a little bit. So he's my pick for uh, for the runner up. I was going to say Darius is probably like, what, a couple of wins away from my unofficial lightweight tournament. Um, <laughs> no, I'm joking. I think, yeah, that's a solid pick. I'm, I'm going to have to do it again, boys. This is my third Welshman. I was right. I have picked three. Um, oh, God. Slight, slight, <laughs> slightly biased here because I had the pleasure of speaking to him a couple of months ago. Um, a little known fighter by the name of Mason Jones, who has just been signed to the UFC, and he fights Mike Davis um, on UFC Fire Island. And what a fight, by the way. That, yeah, I mean, yeah. Can, can we just applaud the matchmakers for that fight? Because stylistically, that's just... Like, there's no way that's not fight of the night. Like, I'll, I'll put my house on it. There's no way that is not fight of the night. Um, or at least some form of bonus, because... Wow. So you think Mason wins that? Yeah, I think so. I think the American audience might not know who Mason Jones is, but just go watch his Cage Warriors run. Just just watch the people he's beat, the caliber of opponents. He he literally made Joe McColgan look like a meatball. Um, and Joe McColgan is a UFC caliber fighter. And he then went up a weight class, but he didn't really, because he was pretty much fighting at a lightweight. Um and won the belt there against another fighter who is also a very good fighter in Adam Proctor. And I think, I think, like, I mean, again, just going back to like the American audience, for those of you who don't know, Mason's trained at Team Alpha Male. He's trained with Uriah Faber. He's trained with Cody. Like, people who are very good grapplers and very good strikers. And I just, I, the kid's got the bit between his teeth. Like, he, he genuinely, he's got that hunger to get better and better and better. And I, I just can't see. I know Mike Davis is Mike Davis. Sorry, is obviously a, a very good striker, like Muay Thai. He might not know what up. to do when someone hits him back though after the fight against uh, his yeah. last fight against Gifford. Yeah, that, that was a yeah. beat down. My God, he might just, not, I, he might have no idea what's going on when uh, someone actually <laughs> hits him back. Like, and I think fuck? that's the thing. Like it's, people this didn't happen last time. I see on, on MMA Twitter, everyone's talking about like, oh, Mike Davis, Davis is an amazing striker. Just watch Mason's fights. Just just watch how hard the guy hits, and he's always in your face. And he never backs down. And I feel like Mason's pressure, and Mason's good on good at every single area. Like he's good on the ground, good at like grappling, good at striking. And I, I just think I think Mason's gonna have too much pressure. And also, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but UFC have just dropped an interview that John Gooden did with uh, Mason. And I can't remember the last time that the UFC put a video of an unsigned prospect on their YouTube channel. Or an interview, sorry. Um Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the last time they did it was a little-known man by the name of Conor McGregor, um, who was a Cage Warriors double champion. And guess who else is a Cage Warriors champ champ? Mason Bloody Jones. And I, I just think, yeah, to me, I've got to back the Welshman. Um, I think he could light up what was already an absolutely stacked division. All right, I'm glad you had a stronger argument that time than he's Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> I think now uh, it's time for some welterweight. Who is our champion at the end of the year? Sorry, I'm, f- I'm falling asleep. 
<laughs> I think we're both going to say the same person, aren't we, Ben? <laughs> I'm going to shock you. I'm going to oh, shock no, you. Oh, no, you really? Oh, okay, I'll be, I'll be the boring old man in the corner. I'm going I'm going. Just Kamara say it and get it over with. Just say yeah, it and get it over with. Sorry, I'm going Clara <laughs> Usman. There we go. Done it. I don't need to say anything else, do I? Really? Really? Do I have? Um, oh, fine. I just, I just think like all round game too good. Um, I, I mean, what he did to Colby Covington, like, I mean, it was a bit of stand and bang, but like, the man hits hard. I mean, he doesn't really do it, but when he, when he has to, he, when he bites on the gum shield, he does hit hard. Um, I just don't think anyone's got the wrestling that Kamaru's got in that division. Um, we haven't seen enough of Chimaev to think that he could beat. Uh, Usman, I think that's a bit of a stretch. I was gonna say Leon Edwards, but I don't think he'll be UFC champion. I think he'll be Bellator champion. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Um, just just to be different, I I completely agree. Usman's a beast, and a lot of people don't like Usman. I think because a couple of his fights have been a little bit boring. Um, but also the fight with Colby was the opposite of boring, absolutely insane fight. Um, and uh, I actually find his, his kind of cringe form of like dad trash talk absolutely hilarious. So I just throw that out there that this is not hate for Usman or anything. Um, he's a beast. And I actually like him as a person as well. But um, I'm going with Gilbert Burns. I'm going with Burns to pull the upset. Um, if if there's one area that, you know, you can maybe catch Usman on some, like you said, you're not going to beat him on striking because even though he's not a world-class striker, he's good enough. And if he's not doing good enough on the striking, he'll take you down. So what you need to be able to do, you need to be able to catch him in some crazy submission. And if anyone's going to do that to him, it's going to be Gilbert Burns because he can stand and, and you know easily compete with him in the striking. And then when Usman goes for the takedowns, you know he doesn't have the wrestling that, that Usman has, but he does have the jiu-jitsu to catch him in something. So you know, I think 25 minutes is a long time. If Usman doesn't want to stand there and get hit by Gilbert, who has an insane amount of power, I think everyone he's fought recently has been kind of a little bit mind-blown, like, holy shit, this guy hits like a truck. Um, you know, if that happens and Usman early panics and goes, all right, I'm going to wrestle for the next, you know, 23 minutes, that's a long time to not get caught in something by a guy like Gilbert Burns. Um, yeah, so I'm going, Gilbert Burns is going to get the upset. And maybe Usman will get the belt back um, with, you know, with adjustments on a second fight. But um, I think Gilbert's going to get the upset. I think the fascinating thing with that fight as well, they're both former teammates. As in literally yeah. this time, 12 months ago, they were training together. Uh, Henry Hoof's gym. Like, I, I feel like with these kind of fights, especially, it kind of reminds me of John Jones and Rashad Evans. Um, so maybe there could be a passing of the torch kind of moment. Um, but for me, I've just, I've just got to stick with Usman. I, I just think his, his cardio and his work rate, it, like, he made the Masvidal fight look effortless. Like, he didn't put any energy into it and he won every, literally every single minute of every single round. Like, it's just mind blowing, really. I think maybe that fights why people hate him, to be honest, because they yeah. all, all well, the I, get I, I do. I, I, died. I understand it, but like these are the same people who watched George St. Pierre for like 10 years. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like people have this this thing with fighters like GSP and Demetrius Johnson where they're like, oh my God, they're amazing. It's like, it's yeah, yeah. And then when you, look, you look back at the tape and they're like, they're literally doing what Usman's doing now. Like, they, they, mm-hmm. they're dominating fights. They're not necessarily finishing fights. Like, why is that boring if you're controlling? I find it fascinating personally, um, but I can understand from a, a fan's point they want to see blood and guts and someone getting carried out on a stretcher. Um. <laughs> Shout out Sean O'Malley. Um, let, okay, let's let's be less boring. Who's your uh, who's your runner-up? Who's your surprise going to make a run in this division? Actually, let me have a look. It's definitely not Shimaev. I know that. Oh yeah, we got right. I'm gonna. Yeah, butch- I thought it'd be I'm- boring. To, I thought it'd be boring to pick Amzat, so I didn't either. I'm I'm gonna butcher this name. 
I'm actually going to butcher this name. And I think he's fighting on Fight Island as well. Forgive me if I'm wrong. It's either that or in March. Um, Munir Lazez, is that it? Or, or uh, Laziz? I think it might be Laziz, but yeah. Laziz, um, Laziz, there we yeah. go. Munir Laziz. <laughs> I think um, I hate for Abdel Razak Hassan. Um, yeah. Absolute bomb burner of a fight. There's something about, like, I was speaking to someone, um, Terry Suleiman, who trains him. Uh, or coaches him, sorry, uh, uh, Tiger Muay Thai, they, they train gap, grappling together and all that, all that kind of stuff. And there's something happening in the Middle East. Like They've got this core of fighters who are coming through who are looking like killers or or at least like they're working on their technique, uh, well-rounded in all areas. And I think Laziz is like one of those fighters who could surprise a lot of people. Um, I know he didn't get the, the TKO or stoppage win over um, Hassan, but I thought he looked great. When he did, when, I well, think maybe he, just, get hit in he, the face he by... loosened the uh, the jam jar. You know, he loosened it, and then uh, Chaos Williams just came and just just get that last yeah. little bit and just took took the lid off of of. Um, he stole a little bit chin. of his soul, and Chaos, and Chaos Williams stole all of it. <laughs> yeah, God took all the credit. Yeah, that's it. That's easy, my guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, even from a defensive standpoint, he took some big shots in that fight, and to take yeah, some got, big shots. Whiskers, at yeah, of, of all the people to take big shots from as well. I mean, what you know, he's got a great chin. Um, I went a little bit kind of um, more boring, a more slightly well-known guy, um, at least in the States. I went with Sean Brady, um, another guy who doesn't have many holes to his game. Um, obviously, you know, grappling supreme. And uh, yeah, just uh, not much to say other than that every time I've watched him and, the, and you know, the, this, I haven't watched much tape of him, but the small tape I've watched outside of the fights I've seen just looks like an absolute killer and, and absolute monster on the ground. He's fighting um, Jay Matthews next, didn't he? That's a yeah, bad fight. Um, like that, I, I think he had another crazy. he had another fight before that that I was super excited about and got cancelled. I can't actually remember what it was now. But um yeah, I mean the fight against Jake Matthews would be epic as well. Um I know Aguilera's last fight wasn't exactly the highest competition, but subbed him pretty easily. So um yeah, you can't really you can only beat what's in front of you. And uh yeah, I'm expecting a big run from him this year. I think he's I think he trains with Paul Felder as well. Um, so yeah, Paul, that Paul Felder was commentating that that fight against Aguilera and was just going crazy. I mean, <laughs> way over the top bias was just like, "Oh my God, Sean Brady's the best thing ever." Um, Sorry, Paul, love you. But um, <laughs> we yeah, we love Paul Felder, so no just no slander of Paul Felder here. Alrighty, um, on to our middleweight, who is our 2021 champion. Can I just cover both middleweight and light heavyweight? Right. Oh, right he's, with, he's uh, done it. He's done it. He's with, done it. <laughs> with the Israel Adesanya hype, or sorry, as Ariel Hawani loves to say, Adesanya. Um, <laughs> I mean, what what is there to say about this guy? It's not already been said. He like, he's so good. <laughs> like, there's nothing else to say. He's so good. His striking is absolutely amazing, and um, the the list of his opponents is absolutely insane, which I'll get to later, by the way, for my hot take. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I'm I'm gonna hit both hit both divisions right now. I think he's gonna beat um, beat Jan, not because Jan's a bad fighter or that you know Jan's not a deserving light heavyweight champion. I'm so I'm really happy for him that he won the belt. But there's levels, and Izzy's striking level is like the top, and then one more up after that. Like he's just so good. And, um, you know, people always say, you know, when you fight someone like Jan, everyone's like, oh, they'll just take him down. What's he going to do when he gets taken down? You don't think he's working on that? Like, you don't think that's what they're doing every day at City Kickboxing is but making sure get, Izzy he, he got doesn't a purple get taken belt, down. didn't he? I think he got to give it to Yeah, he he, he, I, just recently, I think he got his purple belt, yeah. Um, 
and uh, he, he tried a few tri- triangle chokes on uh, Kelvin Gastelum, if I remember correctly, and nearly got him in one. He nearly got him in one. Um, so yeah, I think you know, obviously they're going to be training like crazy to get his his grappling to the point where he can you know keep the fight where he wants it. And if he keeps the fight where he wants it, you're dead. Like there's there's no other way about it. Um, you know, no one in either of those divisions has anywhere close to his striking. And Jan has been knocked out a couple times, if I remember correctly. So um, you know, anyone who's got an even slightly suspect chin is not going to stand in there and survive with Izzy for 25 minutes. So that's both divisions done for me. He's the champ. Right. This is where I get a little bit spicy. I'm agreeing with you. I think Izzy beat champ. <laughs> and I think Izzy stays as middleweight champion. But I think Izzy will vacate that light heavyweight belt. I think he'll win it. It'll be one and done. It'll be a bit like Canelo picking up another trinket and being like, right, that adds to my legacy. Um, but I think I think John Jones isn't a light heavyweight. And I don't think Izzy beating Jan Blakovic necessarily gets him the John Jones fight next. Um, as crazy as that sounds, I think and that's what Izzy wants really. Izzy is all about the legacy and the big money fights and the big super fights. And I think... I think Bones is like a couple of fights, maybe a, a year or so away from that happening. Um, I don't really understand so how they with... allowed that to happen, by the way. Like, of all of all the times to let Jones go up to heavyweight, right when Izzy's planning to go up to, like, you couldn't have said to Jones, can you just wait six months before you yeah. gain all that weight, please? Like, and stay at light heavy just to fight Izzy? But no, I think, I think there's just, as you say, there's levels. And I think actually Izzy's ground game is a lot of, like, it's kind of overlooked. Like if you look at the amount of times it's just take... an easy thing to attack. Him look at look at the amount of times. Oh yeah, just take him down. Like... Yeah, but look at the amount of times he's actually been taken down. Like like count count them. Like, actually go through his fights and count how many times he's been taken down. He keeps it on the feet. He's so good at sprawling and and that's something that like kickboxers who transition to MMA often get caught out on. And Izzy's got it nailed on perfectly. Like I thought Paolo Costa was going to come and try and wrestle him. He didn't. Um, but yeah, for, for, for my runner-up for middleweight, I'm going with uh, Driscus Duplessis. Um, just keep an eye on him. I think he fought in KSW. Bit of a he's a South African, um, not really prospects. I think he's had he's over he's had over ten fights. I think he's only got two losses on his record. Um, very well well rounded mixed martial artist. So definitely want to keep an eye on. Polite heavyweight. I'm not going to say the world hot potato because I've said it so many bloody times. But I think I think I think now that. Jones has, has relinquished what is rightfully his. I think I think there's gonna be an upset. And I think we've already had we were actually, we kind of had an upset last year. Um and this is my runner up. I'm going with Yuri Prohachka. Um who is for those of you who don't know, is a former rising light heavyweight champion. Um absolute savage and he completely obliterated Volkanovic to be. So I think Yuri Prohaska is basically like the king of waiting for the light heavyweight crown. And I don't think I don't think they'll do Izzy versus Yuri just because I think like that the UFC will realise that like, it might be quite good to have two stars in two different weight divisions and all that kind of stuff. Um but I'd love to see Yuri versus John Jones because I think that's not, that's like that's a money fight. And I, I think I think it's weird because Yuri's not really getting a lot of talk. Like I see like Alexander Rakic getting spoken about and all that kind of stuff. But just look. And bear in mind, Volkanovski beat Alexander Rakic. And just look at what Yuri Prohachka did to Volkanovski. Like, I don't think Volkanovski really won like any second event of the, well, what, the 30 seconds that he was still in the, in the fight. Like, I, I just thought like Yuri striking is just so unorthodox. 
in a similar ash. It's the thing kind of, with Yuri as well is how do you fight him? Because yeah, exactly. He's, like yeah, said, it's unorthodox. It, he's so weird. Like, in a, in a weird the way he sort of, of way. dips in and out is all over the place. Like there are quite what, what there are some there are some similarities like, between him and Izzy, in the sense that they're both very fluid, they're both very languid, and they're in the striking and all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean that'd be a really fun fight, but I, I just can't see it. But I think yeah, I think Izzy will win it. It'll be one and done. He'll vacate. Um, come back down to middleweight, which is rightful division. Um, and maybe we'll get Izzy versus Kevin Holland. Maybe. Eventually. After Kevin Holland wins five more fights this year, and then maybe after he wins five more the next year, they might think about giving him a title shot. Um, <laughs> uh, my, if, if we're going to do my runner-up quickly for the for the two, I was going to do um, Dusko Todorovic for, uh, for middleweight. Absolute beast. Undefeated. Um, look absolutely dominant in every win he's had that I've seen so far. And then for light heavyweight, slightly more well-known guy, Ankalaev, just absolutely destroyed um, Kutilaba, who's a beast, obviously. Um, and uh, the front kick on the guy whose name I'm definitely not going to try and pronounce, um, who I think is or was supposed to be fighting at Fight Island, but um, I think it's been cancelled. Um, best, saying it right now, best front kick knockout in UFC history. Um, Ooh, you know, I think, I think Anderson, Anderson Silva might be having a word. <laughs> Eat your heart out, Anderson Silva. I mean... The noise it made, the noise it made echoed through eternity. There was the most insane noise of any knockout shot I've ever heard. Um, and uh, yeah, I think your mate Dan Hardy was commentating that one, actually. And uh, yeah, I mean, another guy who just, yeah, the, the power he hits with is insane. I mean, everyone he fights after one or two clean shots on them, you're like, oh shit, they're, they're in trouble. Like, um, I, I don't see too many people that can that can stand in there with him and, and not be in trouble the second they get hit. He just he just passed such a punch. And uh, yeah, I, I, maybe not a, a title run in 2020, but definitely one who's going to be, you know, a household name after two more highlight wins in the next six, seven months. I've got two because I'm being greedy. Uh, I think there's going to be one who's going to be there or thereabouts in terms of the title picture. I think there's one who's not going to be quite there yet, but he'll definitely be a household name. So I'll start with the former, Jimmy Crute. I think Jimmy Crute will absolutely piece up Johnny Walker. The disrespect uh, to Johnny Walker. Sorry, Johnny chin. Walker. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. I just think like he's learned from his defeat um, to Misha Serkinov. I think there's just something, you know, when fighters have the it factor, right? Like Jimmy Crute for me is kind of like the light heavyweight version of Taito Avassa. Um, maybe not in body shape, but just in terms of like the character. Like They're both really cheeky, um, great on the mic. I can really get the crowd going and that kind of thing will really propel you towards a title shot. I, I think for me, I, yeah, I just think I just think Jimmy, like, he's really well-rounded, great striker, great on the ground. Um, I, could, I could really make, see him making waves. And then my other one, I've got to go back to the kickboxing. I've got to say, Carlos Ulberg, uh, Adonis, the man who looks bloody gorgeous. Um, most handsome man on the roster yeah exactly like mental isn't it like how can you how can you how can you be so good looking and also be an, an insane fighter um <laughs> like it's one Bullshit. thing when it, it, it's one thing when, you, when system you're is a, rigged yeah exactly it's one thing when you're watching a fight and your girlfriend's like oh who's that and it's another one she's like oh he's really attractive like cheers carlos um but like <laughs> i just think like i think city kickboxing have just got such a good game plan like i mean if you watch this his contender series um contender series yeah, it was contender series. Yeah, yeah, contender series. Um, yeah. For some reason, I was thinking Dana White looking for a fight. I don't know why I was thinking that. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, he beat a really good fighter. Like his opponent, if you look at his record, very stacked with names. Um, and he made him look bang average. 
um, right up until he finished him. And he's also, he's also got a really good connection with Izzy. And I think like, in terms, not just in terms of like the fact they're teammates, but I think Izzy sort of teaches him techniques and things like that. And just feeding off that energy and feeding off that environment, like you're working with people like Dan Hooker, um, Volk, um, Shane Young, Kai Car France, like all these fighters, like it just breeds quality. And I think Ulberg, well, the world's his oyster at the moment. And I, I really do think that the UFC will get behind him and start like giving him a taste of fight in the sense of, right, let's test your level. Let's see how good you are. Um, and start building him up because light heavyweight is wide open. Like Paul Craig, why are we not talking about Paul Craig? I think Paul Craig's only a couple of fights away from getting a title shot. And I bloody love the Bear Jew. So hopefully he gets up there. I. I agree, light heavyweight is stacked. And then as we move on to heavyweight, not so stacked. Um, <laughs> I was looking for, we'll do my champ in a minute because it's a very biased pick based on purely who I want to be the champion, not actually who I think will be the champion. But um, I was looking for a runner-up for a, you know, a prospect or a, you know, maybe an experienced guy coming back and making a bit of a run. Um, you know, Someone that was going to surprise people in 2021. I couldn't really see anyone in the heavyweight division. In the light heavyweight division, like you said, there was low. There was five or six I could have picked. The only one that I've landed on in the heavyweight division is a guy who I feel is already becoming quite well-known because of his last submission win was so unique and spectacular. Um, I've gone with Alexander Romanov because, I mean, what is more alpha than sitting on a guy and crushing his windpipe with your forearm? Um, and, uh, I mean, just to get, like, such a unique win... I think, you know, catapults him a little bit. And if he gets one or two more impressive wins, um, impressive finishes, and uh, then, you know, that's a guy they can really market. Because as, let's not forget, after every win, he throws his coach around the octagon like a child. So there's that as well. That's another highlight. They could uh, get a few thousand retweets off if he gets a big win or two. So, um, yeah, I think he's, he's marketable enough. Um, you know, he's kind of a funny guy. And, uh, you know, a, a quite unique fighter in that you don't see many fighters in the UFC whose, you know, mission is to pick you up off the ground and throw you across the octagon until you die. <laughs> who, do you think, who do you think will be the champ? Oh, we're going champ right away? Um, yeah. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty simple. The, the man, the myth, the legend, Uberim, Alistair Uberim is going to make his run and get, For those to get you, the well, belt. None of you can see this, but I've just hit my face on the desk. <laughs> how, can, how can you begrudge an Uberim title run? Um, he's coming off two KO wins, impressive KO wins as well. Um, and he's got Volkov next, who just came off a really impressive win of his own against Walt Harris. And if Overeem beats Volkov as impressively as he's won his previous two fights, then he's next for a title shot, in my opinion. See, I'm going different. So uh, do you want me to start with Prospect first, or do you want me to start with the champion? I can remember Whatever what takes your fancy, mate. Okay, right. I'll get the, I'll get the champion out of the way. There's only, there's only one name that should be on everyone's lips, and that is Johnny Bones Jones will be UFC heavyweight champion. He'll be the champ champ. He'll be the guy. He'll be the goat like he is already um, at the end of 2021. I just, I just think like Jackson Wink are geniuses when it comes to timing. They timed Holly Holm, got it spot on when she fought Ronda Rousey. And I think if John gets his hands on Stipe, I just, well, I mean, one, it'll be a war. I think it'll be a brilliant fight. But I think also in terms of like the cardio and, and getting his timing right at heavyweight and things like that, like people don't realize, well, people do realize because obviously he's the GOAT, but 
I don't think people quite understand how good John Jones actually is. Like the man for DC, having done lines of coke on strippers' asses, like what the night before, the Friday night before. Like he is a beast. Like, he, and not only is he a beast, he's just so good at reading his opponents. And for that reason alone, I've got to back the man to the hilt, even if some people might dislike him for various reasons. It's got to be John Jones. It's got to be Bonesy. He'll be the champion. And then for my prospects, again, I'm going back to the British Shores. I'm, go- I'm going for Frank Mir Jr. I'm going for the oh, man. I thought it was too easy of a pick. No, no, no. I'm going there. I'm going. He's getting his warm-up fight with Andre Olofsky. I'm going there. I'm going with Tom Aspinall. I think, the, I mean, the guy literally trains with Tyson Fury. Like, he's a Tyson Fury sparring partner. And yet he's also a savage on the ground. Like, what more do you want from a heavyweight? He's fun. He's charismatic. Um, go check out that interview with John Gooden. Absolute class. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I think we could potentially get. Well, I, I, I think the trouble is as well. We're going to get like a Garn versus Aspinall fight at some point in the future. And when that does happen. I'm going to be like the parent who can't choose between his two children. Like, I, I'm not going to be able to pick a favourite. I just. I that was another both. one I looked at for a runner-up, but I thought it was too obvious. Yeah. Too well, easy. I'm, I'm, I'm he's gonna he's have already to go, really good. I'm going to have to go with um, with Aspinall just because I think like Team Carbon, like they're very good at working on strategy and things like that. And I think like you don't, you don't get picked by Tyson Fury to be your sparring partner unless you've got something about you. Like, yeah. It's, it's got to be Tom Aspinall for me, and hopefully, like, hope, hopefully, he's the next British champion. Who knows? I, I mean, judging by what you've said on this podcast, mate, we're gonna have about six British champions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lost man, you Americans love it. <laughs> yeah, the UFC is gonna be stacked top to bottom with Brits in uh, holding the belts. Bring the belts back. <laughs> Make Britain great again. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, so is this time that you guys are going to start bringing out your uh, hot takes of 2021 for the men's divisions? Well, based oh. on what Tom's just said, he's not going to like my hot take. and I'll be quick with it. I haven't got much to say other than that. If they make, and I actually don't think they will because of what I just said uh, a little while ago about um, them going opposite ways away from each other, well, not opposite ways, but away from each other and wait. If they make Izzy versus John Jones, Izzy's going to win. That's my hot take. That's the only hot take I need for 2021. Um, people love to bring up John Jones's resume, and I'm not, you know, putting that down at all. John Jones's resume is absolutely insane. It's the best CV in UFC history. Like every single guy he's fought since like early on in his career is an absolute killer, and he's destroyed them all. But Izzy's is pretty insane as well. I mean, you, you look at Izzy's, you know, last what is it, eight wins: Vittori, Tavares, Brunson, Silva, Gastelum, Whitaker, Romero, Costa. That is a ridiculous killer's row. And none of them really looked that difficult other than the Gastelum fight, which I'm kind of actually happy he had because he showed like, you know, they love to talk about all the cringy heart of a champion stuff, but it's true. Like he showed, came out in the fifth round when he was under duress and, you know, fought back and dominated the fifth round. He didn't just win it. He dominated it. And I thought he should have got the finish. That fight should have been stopped later on as well. So Izzy's trending up every fight. Izzy looks better and better. Romero fight, yeah, whatever. Like, I blame Romero for that. He stood there like a statue. Um, Izzy's getting better and better every fight. I feel like Jones is going the other way. And again, this, you know, not to discredit Jones, I think from a purely, if you don't look at stuff outside the octagon, he's the GOAT. You know, his, like I said, his resume is just absolutely insane. 
but he is getting slightly worse with each fight. And it, obviously it's slightly worse from a very high level, but um, you know, a lot of people, myself included, thought Reyes beat him 48-47 in that fight. And his last few wins have been mostly unconvincing decision wins. Um, I mean, he went to a decision with Lionheart Smith. And, and again, I don't want to shit on Anthony Lionheart Smith because he, you know, he's a tough guy and he beat my ass, but he's not, you know, UFC heavy, heavy, light heavyweight champion caliber. So um, I'm, I've been, what I would say is I've been less and less impressed with each of John Jones's most recent performances. And then Izzy's going the other way. I'm getting more and more impressed with each time Izzy fights. I think Izzy's getting better and better. And John Jones is getting slightly just, you know, it's just a natural thing with age. And even though he's not that much older than Izzy, he has fought a lot more, you know, serious, you know, brutal uh, UFC fights than Izzy. So um, in terms of miles on the clock, he's, he's way up there. So I know I ramble for way longer than I was supposed to, but hot take 2021. If they make Izzy versus Jones, Izzy's going to win. Uh, how do you even bounce back from that? How do you even come? How do you even get hotter than that take? Oh, I think the only way I can get hotter than that take is if they make Francis Ngannou versus John Jones for the UFC heavyweight title. John Jones will not only beat Francis Ngannou, he'll choke him out. I just can't see. I, I understand your argument about how. Jones has regressed somewhat in every fight, but the man's bored. No one at light heavyweight. All right, you can make arguments that Reyes beat him and blah, 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 blah. But that's only because you've got a challenger fighting a champ who couldn't really be bothered to be there and yet still did enough on the judges' scorecards to win. Um, I just think John Jones needs, needs a new challenge. He needs John Jones throughout his entire career has thrived off doing things that people said he wouldn't be able to do. People before the Daniel Cormier fight were saying he wouldn't be able to take down Daniel Cormier. Look at that fight, the first one in particular, and look how many times he took down DC. People didn't think he beat Rashad Evans. He completely dominated Rashad Evans. I know that was some time ago, but there's just something about, like, John Jones being told no, that I think gets it, riles him up. And I think, I think people are really... I think John jo this is the year that John Jones cements himself. I mean, people will make arguments that Habib's a goat, but John Jones will really cement himself as the greatest of all time by winning arguably the toughest division. I mean, I know people will say that lightweight is stacked, but a heavyweight, literally one punch will switch your lights out. And especially jumping up from like heavyweight, like that is a sizable jump. You are wrestling with some big boys there. And I just I just think I think my two hot my two hot takes are that Francis Ngannou will stop Stipe Miocic, and I I can't 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 quite bring myself to say that because I think they're both brilliant. Um, but I think if that fight was made, I think Francis has made enough adjustments. I think um, his his coach I forget his name Eric I can't remember his name. Yeah, I can remember the, like the, the the gym name, but I can't remember the coach name. Anyway, I think he'll have made necessary adjustments to beat Stipe. Um, I think if you're getting hit by DC, you'll get hit by Francis, and I think Francis has looked very sharp. And he beat, he made well, he made Rosenstrike look like an amateur, and Rosenstrike is a very good fighter. Well, to be uh, fair, Francis looked like an amateur in that fight as well. He yeah, was but swinging like, windmills like crazy. But I think that's it, isn't it? It's the, it's the instant, right, I'll turn your lights off power. And I think yeah. Stipe, Stipe has been in some wars. Um, 
since they first fought, like both DC fights, uh, all three DC fights. Sorry, uh, I just I just think that Francis will beat Stipe, and then John Jones will come in and sweep up, and he'll beat Francis because. Let's face it, Francis doesn't exactly have the best ground game. <laughs> and then out of nowhere, Alistair Overeem comes in off his win against Volkov and beats John Jones. There you go. Overeem's a champ, just like I predicted. <laughs> he hasn't got the chin, man. He hasn't got the chin. <laughs> don't don't put that on. But don't put that evil on me. All right. <laughs> so we we've gone through all of our divisions, but we have uh some good matches uh this weekend. Max Holloway versus Calvin Cater. Um who is your winner for the main event. Right before we get started, can I just make one thing clear? Because I feel like I've painted a bad picture of myself here. I am not by any means a Max Holloway hater. Like, thing is great. One of the greatest. Oh, mate, you to were ever telling me it. before we started that you despise Max. And everything <laughs> don't do this for. to me. I don't you're, want you're these in my DMs. All don't about how you this. hate how you hate Hawaii or something like that. <laughs> Lilo and Stitch is the worst listening. movie ever. You said this is pure libel. Uh, you'll be getting a letter from my lawyer. Uh, I didn't sign up to any of this. Uh, no, I'm joking. I just think for all of Max's qualities, there's one thing that you can argue that he doesn't have, and that's proper genuine punch power and the instant turn your lights out instantly all right he can head kick you and all that kind of stuff but like in terms of his the striking i think you can make the argument he's more of a volume striker and um maybe more concussive than he is right i'm gonna knock you out cater on the other hand he's more of a give you cte fighter yeah exactly and, but not only does he do it not only does he do it in like one punch he throws bombs with pretty much every punch he throws like he, he, I, I think the volume that he throws and the, the way the the weight that he puts behind his punches, I think he'll be. I think I, I've saw, I've seen some takes where they're just completely writing him off and they're being like, "Oh, Max will be a class above." If we go back to the two fights that Max has just had against Volk, yes, you can make the argument that he won the second fight. The first fight, on the other hand, there's no discussion. There's not even an argument you can say that Max won that fight. Like, I'm sorry, like, no way at all. Alex completely dismantled him. And you can't say, we can't really say the same about the second fight. It's more, it's far more like, okay, maybe Max won this round, Alex won that round, like that kind of thing. There's more um, conflict. The first fight was completely clear cut. Volk won that fight. And I think New England, the gym that they've got, um, Tyson, his coach, Tyson Chartier, I think just, yeah, I think, I think, I think, Cater will just have too much for him. And this is maybe a hot take. So I'm sorry, Rick, I should have probably said it beforehand. But <laughs> uh, I'm going, not only am I going to go, Cater's going to beat Holloway, Cater is going to be the first person to not only drop Max Holloway, he's going to be the first person to stop Max Holloway. Will he pop and lock after he <laughs> stops and drops? Um I'm uh, I'm going to go on the other side purely because I love Max Holloway and I'm biased. And everything you said about Calvin Cater is true. He is a beast. He is being overlooked by a lot of people. And um, I don't think I'll be betting on this fight. But if I was, I probably would see the value in going for Cater as the underdog, to be honest, because Max is quite a heavy favorite. But I do think he's just a little, a little bit level above in terms of striking. And I think he'll probably win a decision. Um, I don't see him getting the stoppage because like you say, he's not, you know, he's not a guy who's going to go out there and try and kill him in one punch. That's just not how Max rolls. Um, I think it's going to be a hell of a fight. I think we'll be looking back this time next year on it as, you know, one of the fights of the year. 
Um, I can see it going the full the full 25 minutes and I can see it just being insane, you know, maybe 48, 47, um, maybe maybe some controversy over the scorecards and who knows, maybe, maybe Max will get robbed again, like the last Volkanovski fight. <laughs> but um, I, I'm going to have to go with my boy Max. I, I do love Calvin Cater, he's a great fighter and, um, you know, I, I, I was just praising Zabit earlier. He, you know, held his own against Zabit for most of that fight and, um yeah, I just think Max is, you know, somewhat similar to how the Zabit fight was, will just be one level above him on the striking. And as long as he doesn't get caught with like some crazy short elbow, like um, like the one that Kato hit Jeremy Stevens with, then I think Max will win probably a decision. Will the, jo the Joaquin Buckley hype train continue? Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> Easy answer. Yes. Another knockout win, please. Um, no, Joe Side, the guy has insane power. Um, Kevin Holland was a little bit too much too soon for him, but I think I think this is KO probably inside one. Um, I don't see any any way this goes a distance, and I think Buckley probably will win pretty easily. Well, I saw some stat that his opponent has never been stopped before, um, which I think just sets it up really nicely for him to make another statement win. And yeah, it's a, it's another thing to pop on the resume and uh, the, you know for them to hype him up more. I I do think you know Dechirico is a, a good fighter and probably another one like we just said about Cater that people are going to overlook because of the hype around Buckley. But how can you bet against a guy who you know can turn your lights out that quick? Um, yeah, I think I, I think the I only way to beat too big and too strong. The only way to beat someone like Buckley is literally just to wrestle him um, or do what Kevin Holland did and outstrike him. But I, I don't know if necessarily. I don't think DeChirico is strong no. enough to keep Buckley on the ground. No, exactly. <laughs> That's people what always saying. joke about Derek Lewis, like wrestling, grappling is not real. Just get up. I think <laughs> Buckley will just get up. That's It's that simple. Yeah, I completely agree. So for the weekend, who is your runner-up? Who's going to have that, that sneaky fight or just someone you got to keep your eye on? See, if we're I talking feel... someone you got to keep your eye on, can I just throw out there quickly and I'll let you go? Um, Tom Breeze. He just, he just knocked a man out with a jab. And we never really know which Tom is going to show up, to be honest. Um, you know, I know, I know he had some issues, personal stuff to, that they, they dealt with that kind of affected his career. But um, yes, the last guy he fought wasn't up to his level, but he just knocked a guy out cold with a jab. <laughs> what more do I need to say? Um, his striking is really good. His grappling is really good. And it's, you know, he's, he's got a good opponent. So a lot better opponent than, that, than last time. Um, so I'm excited for that one. I think that's a sneaky good fight. And um Hopefully he'll be a, a sneaky good performance that we're talking about next week. See, I think I think Ben mentioned mine earlier. I'm going Dusko Todorovic. I think um, that fight with Soriano, who by the way is also getting overlooked. If you look at Soriano's highlight reel, I think he, I think all of his victories are either TKOs or KOs. So someone's getting their lights turned out, and I think it'll be Soriano. I think Todorovic will just have too much. Um, if you just look at the people he's beaten, he's got a KO against. Michelle Pereira, like the guy who literally does spinning back kicks and flips off the cage and all that kind of stuff. Like the guy's a machine. Was so, it Townsend he yeah. knocked out last time as well? Town I mean, yeah, I, I think I remember that correctly. Townsend's not a guy who gets knocked out easily. Um, like he he's a beast. He's take he stood in there with some absolute monsters and took their best shots. So yeah, a crazy impressive you know young uh, young guy. I think whoever, I think that will be um, KO of the night or. Or finish of the fight, or finish of the, of the night, or whatever. Um, definitely one to just don't blink. That's my that's that's my only advice. Don't blink. It's not going out the first round. <laughs> sound, sound like Joe Rogan, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Any last bits to add? Um, 
Well, I just just want to reinforce my hot take so everyone knows that Izzy's going to beat John Jones if they fight. That's, all, that's <laughs> what, what. I mean, what else do I need to say? That's going to piss everyone off that listens to this. So <laughs> I'll leave with that. What better way to end the podcast than pissing everyone off? All right. Well, Tom and Ben, it has been a blast. I, I love hearing you guys banter back and forth, especially on Ben's outlandish takes. It's uh, a bit of a budding bromance, isn't it? <laughs> apparently. Um, this is Clinch Perfect with the runner-up. Again, follow us on all of our social media. Check us out wherever you want to, and we'll see you next week.